0: From our WFUV studios in the Bronx, New York, it's the Pick and Pod. Drop us a voicemail at 347-903-WFUV. Now, here are your hosts, Penny Deucey and Matt Rosenfeld. Pick and Pod, February 9, 2015. Two pods on the way this week, Mr. Matt Rosenfeld. Well, you know, it's All-Star Week. Gotta do something big for All-Star Week. Have to. Chris Herring starts us off on this All-Star Week of the Wall Street Journal. In just a little bit, we'll talk to him about James Dolan and oh, some emails. What a mess. It was funny, but what are you doing, dude? What are you doing, man?
1: Calling people an alcoholic. Yeah, just alcoholic. it was funny, except for when you remember
0: he's a man in a very big position of power. Yeah. And then, also, um, Hawks are still, they're not on that win streak anymore. But oh, When it ended, I
1: was so sad. How sad were you? And I mean, since we've talked, I mean, the Pelis have not only stopped that streak, but then the Anthony Davis three pointer. Like I'm, I'm still yelling over dude. that, dude. I'm still, and then he goes down, and I thank God he's fine because the fall he took was pretty. It looked uglier than it was, but gosh, is he playing tonight? I think he's day to day. I don't know if he's, oh, playing he's out night. tonight, but he's day to like there was. It was questionable. He's day to day. It looks so ugly, but it really. Turned
0: out to be okay, and gosh, that three got the, the thunder. I, I tweeted out that was his third career three in like twenty. What doesn't he do, dude? That was like this, you need you need a three. I got it. I got you. I got, I got, you. got you. I'll double pump. The I way, got you. And the way he evaded <laughs> Kevin Dur- Kevin Durant's <laughs> <his> hand <laughs> was there, arm. and then Russell Westbrook's was on its way. Like he had to pick the exact millisecond to let that go, and he it was on. Cor- if you had let Kyle Korver
1: take that shot fifteen times, he probably makes it once, right? Maybe. God, oh, it was guy, awesome.
0: it's a uh, phenomenal phenomenal.
1: I hope they make the playoffs. I really do want to see him in the playoffs. Unfortunately, if they do, it's going to be at the expense of a team like OKC and I I don't know who I'd rather see in the playoffs. OKC with your man, with your man Mitch, McGarry? Oh, oh when he was going off on that stretch and then he pumped up the crowd. Oh, I ate it up. I was like, I knew this could happen. Is he a, is he a fan duel play tonight? <laughs> no, he's not a fan player. I'm playing right? I'm a duel tonight. Yeah, well, that's why you no lose Steven, money. No Steven Adams fan. He's, he's, I, we're probably greater. You better chill with your fan duel stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, I, I'm, I play the free rolls. I play the free rolls. Um, but no, Portland, uh, Golden State, Memphis on top of uh, the respective divisions um, in the West there, and Houston and Dallas at 35 wins, although the Swag Champs, uh, Houston, no, without Dwight Howard you were saying... And, yep, Atlanta, 42-10, and 10, still killing it, 8-2 over their last 10. Um, wh- one thing that we didn't mention in the open, which is maybe the biggest story right now, is Andrea Bargnani's return. The com- Hashtag the comeback. He played 22 minutes in, in this season, and th- this will be the third game. Third appearance. He'll be available in the last 92 regular season games for the Knicks. Well,
1: I'll tell you this much. I, actually, I don't have anything to say here. I don't think he's going to do anything. Well, what are you looking forward to? You're the Bargnani guy. A lot guy. of
0: mid-range jump shots. A lot of mid-range jump shots. A lot of a, a lot, lot of, of missed rebound. baskets at the rim. Poor rebounding. Poor rebounding. Honestly, and, and I asked Chris about this. Could could you know always good man-to-man like one-on-one defense down low? Okay, that's it though. That's all. I've heard. And then like that's the Less things. Amari. Less Amari. Brian Giberman, friend of mine on Twitter, once said that okay, he's a good man-to-man defender in the post. He's a good mid-range jumper. or He's a good mid-range jump shooter. Those are the two, like, least important traits that you can have in the NBA. I mean,
1: I'll, I would make an argument for the mid-range jumper being moderately important, but the man-to-man in the post is just like, all right, man, you'll probably get three opportunities a game to prove how good you are in that situation, and they're worth about six points each. So.
0: I don't know, but that's valuable to a team that, like... I don't know, like, if you're getting killed down low by, like, Dwight Howard. I'd, I All right,
1: right if, if we were in, like, this is a way hypothetical out there. Pigs aren't flying people. If the Knicks were somehow in playing a team like the Wizards in the playoffs and they were getting hounded they, down low, yeah. that's where you would say, you know, Bargnani really brings you something there. But yeah. that's the last time anyone's ever said Bargnani ever well, they brings said, you something there.
0: Derek Fisher said today that he had uh, potential. So that's that was said about him. But Yeah,
1: we'll see. Potential to maybe give you five
0: minutes. Oh, <laughs> uh, what a mess. All right, let's keep it going with the Knicks. My pleasure to welcome in Chris Herring of the Wall Street Journal League. You can follow him on Twitter at HerringWSJ to talk about these Knicks and a little bit about All-Star Weekend. He was also uh, at Hawks Warriors a few days ago, so we'll kind of touch all around the league. But uh, hopefully you had a, a good time watching the Kanyes last night, uh, Chris. <laughs> Is
2: that what we're calling him. Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty enjoyable to watch um, some different music that you know that I haven't seen some people before. Um, I think it was Annie Lennox. I, I was really impressed by her. Um, she seems a lot older, so maybe I just need to brush up on music. I always, you know, take pride in the fact that I think I'm. Know some different genres and listen to stuff of different genres, but I'd never really heard her stuff before. She's great. She was. I enjoyed
0: it. Yeah, I I, you know I I tweeted too much too. I think if I had a dollar for every tweet I sent out, I'd have uh, as much money as James Dolan. Why don't we talk about Dolan for a sec here? Uh, Because that email that he sent out to a fan and he kind of uh, said, you know, maybe you're not, maybe your family is alcoholics because of you. Kind of went after him after a fan. If if the people out there aren't familiar, uh, tweet. uh, Sent him an email to his personal email address, uh, com- you know, basically complaining about the team, and he laid out some some things. He just said, "Look, you didn't make some good decisions." Um, and the league comes out, or Adam Silver come, uh goes to James Dolan and says, "Look, you're not going to get fined for this because he didn't touch on, he wasn't vulgar." Uh, I think was one of the explanations. Uh, but I mean, you, Chris, you look at like Matt Barnes got fined for going back at a fan, and I feel like any other player, if he said something even close to to what Dolan said in terms of, you know, making your family like alcoholic or hate you. I mean, they would get punished. What, what, do you think James Dolan should get punished here?
2: Uh, no, I, I don't necessarily think he should be punished. I, I didn't like the rationale that uh, James Dolan is somehow some sort of everyday New Yorker. That's kind of the way that Adam Silver made it sound. But at the same time, I, I probably would have felt a little differently could i felt like this was just a really quiet peaceful email that james Donald was responding to I, I do think that it you know it's not anything we haven't heard before but at the same time um a lot of people meet force with force and so i mean i think that first email was pretty rude um i don't think that person should be made out to be a martyr of any sort clearly a nixan um and so you know i, I guess people want Jim Dolan to feel some sort of graciousness towards that because it was someone who's a fan of the organization he owns. But at the same time, when you're telling someone to sell the team and, you know, saying that that person's basically been a disgrace to the fan base, um, you know, Jim Dolan could have taken the high road there. He probably should have, but the fact that he didn't, I think he has a responsibility to hold himself to a higher standard because he owns the team, but I also see how it's a natural response for, someone to be angry i I think he was way out of line by saying that the person was possibly an alcoholic but aside from that i thought everything else you know we've seen that sort of thing before where you encourage someone to go root for another team i can't remember it just happened a couple of weeks ago or maybe a month ago i can't remember who said it but uh, this sort of thing happens it it shouldn't happen for an owner of a team but i don't i I think there are worse things that could be said in emails um than that so i I'm not sure just based on this that I would find him or take any sort of action against them
0: well you and uh, you and a few other people have you know kind of been following this along with other people. I think Zach Lowe said that uh you know he was supposed to speak he's supposed to speak soon it's going to be interesting if he shows up there obviously all star weekends in New York Is there any sort of further impact to this that that this will have uh, will will we be still talking about this come all star weekend?
2: Uh, I don't necessarily think so. Um, if we are, it will be because nothing else interesting happened over the course of the week, which I hope there would be other stuff that, that comes up. Um, I think the All-Star game will be great. I think having it in New York will, there'll be a buzz around the city. Um, I think it maybe will be mentioned, but I don't think it'll still be, you know, front page news the way it was yesterday. Um, I mean, it's just interesting. And I mean, I think, you know, it's kind of funny because I think a lot of fans have said that they kind of, I wish that, you know, when the whole Donald Sterling thing came up, people kept saying, why can't Dolan have something like that in his closet that we know about so that we can get him out? But, uh I mean, the truth is this, you, you can't put these things on the same level. I don't think most people are. But, I mean, it's, you know, he got angry at an email. If he's doing this to everybody, um, then that's one thing. And actually, I just thought about it, the, the person who did this that made really big news and actually lost their job over it was someone uh near and dear to my heart, kind of in a bad way, Dave Brandon in Michigan, the athletic director in Michigan, who kind of um, was getting these sorts of emails from people and eventually just told them, we don't need you as part of our fan base if this is how you feel. So, you know, that's, that's inappropriate. If it was something where this was like an underling of Dolan's or someone that worked for the team, then maybe it would be a fireball offense, but it's Jim Dolan, he owns the team. And like we were saying before, Jim Dolan and everyone else, these are kind of, Uh, Adam Silver's bosses and so I don't really know what kind of action you can take there just for someone responding to an email like he did it angrily but I don't necessarily think it should be front page news for more than a day or two
0: Alright Chris so let's discuss what will be back page news at least we we would suspect tomorrow which will be this game uh, coming up with with the Knicks tonight because you get to see the triumphant return of Andrea Bargnani from his his second injury uh, I, I I, I mean, they're they're not related. The two injuries that he's had, or at least I don't think so. Based on I, he's been injured for so long, I can't even. I think it was his, it's his calf, right, or his, his leg or, or something.
2: Yeah, something along those lines. He, hamstring for a while, I think, and then a calf. I can't, I can't even keep them straight. <laughs> he's at well, the it, elbow, it, um, and it's I always kept getting mixed up between him and Calderon. One had the calf, and one had the hamstring injury, but. Both were out for like a month to start the season, and then I just never was available to play. So, whatever it is, he's he's coming back later this season.
0: Yeah, and it'll be his third game available for the Knicks in the last 92 regular season games. This team, uh, as much as they might not admit it, uh, you know, is is they want a good draft pick this year, and. um you know, we've seen positive contributions from uh, three of the ten-day contracts that they gave out to Galloway, Admondson, and Lance Thomas. H- how does Bargnani fit uh, with the with this team for at least the the foreseeable future when he's healthy? Because they're you know adminson has been playing well, and and Jason Smith's been getting a lot of minutes. Melo's been sort of playing the four at times, and. Uh, you know, how how, do, how many minutes does he play? You know, wh- where is he really with this team?
2: Who knows? And, you know, honestly, um, you were saying foreseeable future. I mean, that the foreseeable future right now for him could be the next 10 to 11 days. You know, he, he might not be around past the all-star break. I think, first of all, with what we've seen from him so far this season, he needs to make it through more than two or three games. I mean, he obviously didn't do that. The last time he played, basically just one game, and then played a second game, and then less than two minutes into that game, he had to come out because of the injury. So we'll have to see whether he can stay healthy. But even if he can, you know, I think the team has already kind of made it known privately that um, that he they're going to look to see if they can deal him for something. And if they're not able to do that reasonably within reasonable uh, limitations and not having to give up anything big, um, there's a good chance that they waive him. And, and so, you know, at the trade deadline coming up, that obviously becomes a possibility. That's later this month. Um, but from a minutes standpoint, I, you know, most of the time, I'm sure he'd be playing. But um, I don't. I would hope that he's not taking away minutes from younger players. Although Derek Fisher this morning did use the word potential to describe. Mariani and his impact, which I thought was a little odd. But, um, you know, he, he, he would come in handy at times if he was fully healthy, I think. They had that game uh, a couple weeks ago. They played against the Pacers and Stoudemire was out. Jason Smith was kind of getting banged around and uh, they didn't have Cole Aldrich that night. And so they, they basically had no height. And that, that's a situation where is tall enough to at least go in and guard someone like Roy Hibbert, who had probably his best game of the year that night. So he he does provide some help that they really don't have some nights, um, given who's been hurt. But obviously he's not some sort of like integral cog to this team and I don't think that they need him. Um, you know, I don't think he would hurt uh the team's efforts in trying to get a top draft pick either. So but at the same time I, I think that, you know, they might try to find a way to unload him if they can. Before the deadline comes up, I don't think they see him the as someone they
0: need to keep. Obviously, right, so in that event, it would kind of be a showcase. Uh, they would hope, at least, if he can stay healthy, uh, of his talents. If he if he can still showcase them, and um, the guy kind of in the same boat is Amari Stoudemire, who you brought up in that answer. And you know, we've been trying to to get this podcast nailed down for a couple of weeks, and I did want to ask you, you know. Uh, about Stoudemire, when the discussions were happening, where it was like, "Oh, well, the Knicks might want to bring him back at a reduced rate next year," and now there are talks that maybe he's just going to get bought out of his contract and, and go, you know, the, and if the Ma- the Mavericks would be interested if he got bought out, does he have a reasonable shot at going coming back to the Knicks next year uh, to start? And then also, I mean. Will he get bought out in the next couple of weeks?
2: Um, well, I, I have to say that I think that he probably will get bought out, um, in part because I think that's just what he wants. I I think the Knicks would hold on to him at the end of the end of the day if they if it was left up to them and only them. But the the reason that this Amari buyout stuff is coming up is because Amari himself is saying it. And if not him then the people around him are kind of saying that. Uh, the Knicks wouldn't be talking about a buyout if it, if it was just their situation. I think you know they they want to go to great lengths to not embarrass him. Um, they don't you know if they can't get anything uh, in in line of in lieu of a trade or something like that um, to another team, then obviously you know very few teams are willing to eat a uh, 10, 11 million dollars, whatever's left on his contract for the rest of the year, just to find a, a serviceable big man who has a pretty decent offensive game. Uh, for, you know, a third of the season left or something like that. So I don't think it's a situation where the Knicks just have to get rid of him. Uh, he's been a good soldier for the four and a half years. He's had a positive attitude. He's fought through a lot of injuries. He's shown himself to every once in a while be very, very valuable on the offensive end of the floor. Um, he's good for the younger players in the locker room. Um, you get the impression that he works really hard to come back from these injuries. So they're not just looking at it. I mean, it's not a Bargnani situation. It's not where this guy's never available to play. Um, he's had some injuries that really would have taken out a lot of other people, and he's played hard. Um, but, uh, you know, you keep hearing about Dallas, and, you know, you see Amari giving groups interviews to Yahoo Sports about the idea of being bought out and really having to give it thought and having to take the all-star break to think about these things. This is on him, and if he makes it known that he wants to play somewhere else, and have a shot to win this year, then that's on him. That's not really the Knicks. You know, he would be asking the Knicks to buy him out so that he could go do that. So, so I guess we'll see what he does. And with regards to next year, uh, if he does want out so badly so that he can go win, realizing that he probably doesn't have that much time left in the NBA and with his health, um, I, I wouldn't quite understand why he'd come back next year either. You know, the team will probably be at least a little bit more competitive But that doesn't make them a title contender. And If that's what he's shooting for, he obviously hasn't won one yet, um, then he should probably go somewhere where he feels like he has an opportunity to do that. He'll have no shortage of teams that are interested in signing him to a short-term deal, maybe a year or two for much, much less money. But uh, I don't think that should be the Knicks if, if he is most interested in trying to win a title.
0: And, yeah, I mean, I was was thinking about him as maybe a mentor to the Knicks big if they drafted a big, but, I mean, you you do bring up a good point that I think that maybe winning is important to him and um, sort of got a a brief taste of what it's like to be a contender a couple years ago when they went and lost to the Pacers in the playoffs. But um, I want to wrap up the Knicks with free agency next year because... It has been a discussion, I mean, since the offseason, really, who the Knicks are going to sign because everyone knows that they're going to have all the cap space in the world. And what's most important for them, do you think, in terms of with the? Because I think the draft will probably dictate, you know, what they look like in terms of needing a point guard or needing a big man because Moutier and Russell are probably in play as well as Townsend and Okafor. But, I mean, what is the most intriguing guy to you that would be available next offseason?
2: Is a free agent? Yes. Uh well I you know, I think you've got a couple guys, but the the one that I think is most realistic, uh, of the people that you know, that would be big money guys, I think the one that's most interesting is Draymond Green, uh, for a couple of different reasons. Number one, he's uh younger than a lot of these other guys that people are talking about. First of all, I don't think the Knicks are gonna realistically be in play for a soul or or an Aldridge or Kevin Love, Rondo. I don't think these are realistic targets. I don't think they're going to leave winning situations to come to the Knicks on a whim. Are they in the play? The Knicks have had. Sorry to cut so, you off,
0: but are they in play for Green, though? Because he's a restricted free agent.
2: He's restricted. And so what that basically means is it's a question of whether Golden State proactively says, we're just going to pay you the max. We're not even interested in hearing what other teams are willing to offer you, we'll just give you the max because we think you're worth it. It doesn't matter to us what other people are paying you or offering to pay you. So that obviously could be taken off the table. Now, I think you're absolutely going to see that happen with Kawhi Leonard and with Jimmy Butler. Other teams might enter the fray, but I think that both of those teams will offer the max if they have to. I think Golden State likely would do the same thing, but I think it's interesting to see whether the Knicks even go that route with him for a couple different reasons. I know I've said this on Twitter, But Draymond Green has the kind of skill set that fits any sort of team. I think he's perfect for a system like the Triangle uh, just because he does everything pretty well. He's not a guy that really is great off the dribble and is going to be a number one option on offense for anybody. But he can absolutely play off other good players, um, especially other good shooters, other good creators. He's kind of like a, a jackknife in terms of what he can do uh, jack-of-all-trades in terms of what he can do defensively. He can play three or four different positions on that end of the floor. He hustles. Uh, he's a great locker room guy. He's a great glue guy. Um, people will question whether that's worth 13 $14, 15000000 million a year. And my question for the Knicks is whether it's worth it to them just based on how much work they have to do to really build out their entire roster. But there's no doubt in my mind that he's a great sort of player to put on any sort of team, especially one that, is trying to establish a new culture. So I don't know if they'll go that route with him, but if they don't, and assuming they can't get Butler or Kawhi Leonard or any of those other top tier guys, I think they're gonna to have to drop down into the second, third tier and try to just find value guys. Like that, you know, I don't think Damari Carroll, um, you know, Aaron Aflalo types, these these types of wing players that they just need to help defend better around Carmelo. Uh, to prevent guys from getting into the paint, so it'll be interesting if they can't get a top tier, top restricted free agent type of player. You know, Patrick Beverly, these sorts of guys. I think would be good signings if they miss out on everybody that is kind of highly coveted. All
0: right, Chris, let's shift uh, for the remainder of our discussion. Talk about teams other than the Knicks because we spent a, a good chunk of time discussing them. You were out at Hawks Warriors a few days ago, and. I mean, reading your tweets, you were pretty much impressed with the entirety of the team. I mean, Dennis Schroeder was was active and Kyle Korver, you know, was hitting his threes. Everyone was doing their jobs. It was a great performance by them. But, I mean, I guess seeing them up close and being able to see the way the intricacy of, of maybe their offense runs and the way that they play defense, um, what really stood out in your mind?
2: Between those two teams and, uh, I mean... With, with the Hawks, first, of first all. Okay, well, the Hawks, uh, I mean, that's just a smart team. Uh, You you find them, and, you know, we're we're so impressed when we watch the Knicks with certain things. Uh, Pablo Prigioni always in the backcourt getting steals uh, when teams aren't paying attention. You watch the Hawks enough, you see that they do the same thing. They got two or three steals that way, which in a game that close turned out to be very, very important. Uh, They got a huge long-range three from Kyle Korver off a play like that. Um it's just, it's just a team that generally is always moving, and that's how they get so many open shots. You could, um, you know, there's one play that really stuck out in my head is one where I was like, wow, this offense is really stagnant, a key moment where, you know, the teams like the Knicks have this reputation of just going one-on-one, and I saw the Hawks doing that with uh, Paul Millsat posting up in the last minute, minute and a half of, of that game. And then just as I was saying that in my head, you see Damari Carroll just running through the lane, just cutting and, and flashing into the paint, uh, catching Klay Thompson asleep, and then getting an open layup that pretty much iced the game there. So um, just a team that has perpetual movement. Uh, obviously, they've had all the comparisons with the Spurs because of Mike Budenholzer, but that's just a really good team that does pretty much everything well, and they do it without one uh, superstar or star player, and that's the question everybody has um, about them. Can they win you know, big in the playoffs without having that sort of player. But I think, you know, talking to people there, Kyle Corver in particular, he raises a good point. Um, elite defenses in this league, specifically the Bulls and the Pacers and those sorts of teams, they are set up to beat teams that have superstars, to kind of take away um, the ISOs and the strong side sort of defense that Thibodeau has kind of um, installed and the rest of the league has tried to emulate and copy Um, that sort of defense doesn't necessarily work against a team like the Hawks who kind of can beat you with any of their five guys. So it'll be interesting to see whether that can work for them. Uh, To your question about Golden State, they didn't even play particularly well that night. I thought Draymond Green had one of the worst games I've seen him play all year. But then you look at the box score, and he has 12, 20, and 6. And a game like that on the road... And even with Golden State not playing particularly well in that game, they were still within a shot or two of, of either taking the game to overtime or winning on the road in a game like that against a team that has the best record in the league. So that's what impressed me about them is that, you know, they're they're so good. It just takes so much to beat them on a given night, um, and it's just scary. You look at all these numbers and point differential per 100 possessions. Uh, you look at the fact that they're still within striking distance of becoming just the second team in league history to finish number one in offense and number one on defense in terms of efficiency. Um, You know, statistically, uh, when you look at a lot of those numbers, they rank as the second best team of all time at this point uh, behind the Bulls from 95, 96. So it's it's saying a lot. I don't think people realize how much better they have been than the rest of the West so far, which is saying a lot given how great the West has been. So um, there's a lot still to see with both teams, but uh, barring injury, I mean, it's going to be really tough to knock either of those teams out of the playoffs, and it would be really fun to see them play a seven-game series.
0: Um, I mean, here in New York, and I know that you were going there, I believe, at least if if I'm not mistaken, to profile Steve Kerr or discuss Steve Kerr, I think you wrote an article. Um, When you look at his coaching, I don't think it's very, at least for me, it hasn't been very easy to, to kind of pin down. Maybe some of the good things that he's done because it's you're just so distracted by the play on the floor um, and sure. you know just Steph taking the game into his own hands at times. But what what is he doing so well to to lead to this success? Or, or I mean, or, or is he not?
2: I, I think there are some really specific things he's done. Um, you know, we, we talked a, a lot about the offensive stuff, and even when he came to the Garden the other night, I asked him more things along those lines specifically because there is a major difference between the way he's running his offense versus the way the Knicks are running there. Uh, and it's exactly what Steve Kerr kind of promised. He, he didn't, well, he won't come out and say it, but he, he basically didn't want to be pigeonholed into this idea that he had to run the triangle and the triangle only. And because of that, he's running kind of a, a mesh between that and, and the motion weak offense that the Spurs run. And you, you see the heavy influence from the triangle in his offense, but they initiate their plays from different spots on the floor, whereas the Knicks often throw the ball right into the post. Um, you know, the, or I'm sorry, right to a wing player. Golden State often is throwing it to a post player to get a really quick ISO or a post up if they can. They obviously run the ball down the floor way, way faster than the Knicks do. So, where the Warriors are number one in pace and, you know, run their possessions more quickly than any team in the league, the Knicks are essentially at the bottom of the league at that, the 29th in pace. Um, you, the thing that you noticed most from last year, they passed the ball way, way more than they did last season. Uh, last season, the Warriors ranked dead last in how many passes they threw per game and uh, overall. And this year they rank in the top 10 in that category. So there's a major major difference there. Um, and the, the key thing that Steph Curry always talks about that he sees as a key difference for him that's made the game easier for him they never really get trapped. Um, last season, teams would trap him and trap the ball to try to prevent him from being able to get it to a teammate. And this year, Steve Kerr has kind of implemented a couple different things that make it nearly impossible to trap him and trap the ball and stop teams from double-teaming him. Um, And it's basically been through this increased ball movement. So there's been a lot that he's done there. He has done less, I think, on the defensive end. I think they just kind of added a couple players that are better on the defensive end. And they've tweaked some stuff. Uh, strategy-wise. They brought in Ron Adams, who was an, a long time assistant under Tom Thibodeau. And so they've kind of done more to kind of funnel teams right toward Andrew Bogut. But I think really it's just the level of count. They were third or fourth in the league defensively last year anyway. So I think the bigger uh difference and the bigger change has come on offense. I think they were in 12th or 13th on the offense than last year and now they're top three. And so that's a big jump to have mostly the same players, but they've got a much better offensive system in place now than they did last year under Mark Jackson.
0: All right, Chris, a couple more, because you'll be covering All-Star Weekend here in New York, and when I look at it, I'm really excited about the three-point contest. I think that there's a good lineup. Um, but what really excites you most about this All-Star Weekend between all the events that are being run, and, and maybe just maybe there's an aspect of New York uh, that that will be exciting for you?
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I'm not really in love with the three point lineup that they've got in terms of it, it just seems like it's all the best shooters. Um, you know, I've seen some complaints from some places that I think Courtney Lee ranks second in the league or something like that in three point percentage, and he's not there. And I saw some uh, Grizzlies fans tweeting about that kind of angrily today. You can't please everybody. Um, if you wanted to do that, you'd have to expand the rosters beyond. 12 or 13 or whatever it is, it's, it's weird to me because, you know, the NBA rosters, they're allowed to be bigger, and I think 15, and then you have two guys inactive every game. Uh, I think the NBA, I think it's only 12 guys per team they take. I don't understand why I don't take a couple more uh, for each all-star team, but you're always going to have at least one guy that people feel like it's snubbed. Zebo kind of deserves to be there. You know, Lillard deserved to be there before uh, Griffin came out. and So you're always going to have that. You know, same thing with Korver in the East. You know, clearly he deserves to be there. Um, but the three-point competition is just so deep. You've got Korver, and you're going to have the Splash Brothers. Um, I mean, it's, it's just great. You, you normally have a guy or two sit out that everybody would like to see. Uh, I'm not thrilled with the dunk competition, but then again, I see Giannis is doing it, um, and he's just really special to watch, regardless of what it is he's, he's doing. So I think it'll be fun. I think the whole, whole thing will be fun. I'm interested to see how Carmelo is received. Uh, I'm interested to see how he plays. Uh, this is obviously going to be the high point of the season for him, given how stuff has gone for the Knicks all year. Uh, you know, and from a, as a beat writer, I'm probably most interested to see how much longer Carmelo plays after this game is over, since this is what he's kind of been waiting for. Uh, you know, if he calls it quits after, you know, immediately after the All-Star game, you know, if he does his press conference right after and says, this was it, Mm -hmm. guys. um, it'll probably make me laugh. I doubt he'll do that, but um I'm very interested to see that because it'll have a, a big impact on how much more interest fans have for the rest of this, this next season, I think.
0: Well I was going to I actually was going to ask I forgot to about Melo, um and thanks for reminding me there because I mean they do have that what eleven day stretch after or they just have an eleven day break the Knicks do from playing basketball. Um if you had to put a, a guess out there, I mean, what would what what would you say? Because it, it is hard to tell because he's been so secretive and, you know, kind of like the, the Knicks have been, oh, well, you know, the group of people will decide when it's the right time. But, I mean, it, it's got to be coming, like, what, this month?
2: In terms of his decision?
0: Yeah, like what, when he'll shut it down.
2: I mean, it's hard to tell. There have been times where, you know, especially during that stretch where they won four out of five, before they lost in Indiana, I mean, it. He seemed to be. He, he really did seem to be enjoying stuff again. I mean, it's amazing what winning will do for you. But he, uh, he seemed so downtrodden with the 16 year losing streak. Then they went four out of five, and he's playing. You know, 40 minutes. I think the night before that Indiana game, he literally played um, 40 minutes or 43 minutes. And so we're asking Derek Fisher how much longer can he realistically play like that, especially back-to-back situations? It's clear that, you know, it's fun to win. You know, he wants to help them win. You guys want to win just because it's been such a rough season. But at what point does it not really make sense to run him out there like that, especially because, like, you know, no one will come out and say it, but they don't want to win that much. Right. And um, so that that's kind of the odd thing is that when they were rolling there for a couple games, um the way he was talking was if he was going to be around for the rest of the season. And, you know, we all know better than that. We all know he shouldn't play the rest of the season. And he's, he's made it sound. I mean, he's the one that's kind of made it sound as if he's not going to play all year where he did that really weird bleacher report interview where he was sitting on his, uh, (laughs) his hotel room couch. And he was like, well, I'm not hanging it up yet. And the way (laughs) he said it was like clearly suggestive of the fact that he's only going to play for so long. And so, um, we don't know how much longer it'll play, but I think the, the, the thing I would tell any Knicks fan that really wants to go watch them play and as full of form as they possibly can is to go, you know, whatever game they're playing immediately after the break at home or, you know, the soonest home game they have, um, starting after the break, I would try to go to that one because Carmelo will probably still be playing by then. But the other thing is that Amari, you know, if they're going to keep him, um, Who knows how long they'll actually do it? I mean, this might, you know, we might have already seen Amari's last home game. So, you know, it would be in everybody's best interest to try to watch them now before you feel like you're watching a lot of D League players or just recently promoted players from the D League because I don't think there's any guarantee that Carmelo will be playing for that much longer. And we have no clue about Amari's status and whether the Knicks are going to keep him on the team.
0: Yep. Well, we'll we'll be there watching uh, when there are a bunch of D League players on the floor. I, I just hope Melo like grows his hair out like Bynum style when he uh, when he finally decides to to, to take a rest. But uh, anyway, that's Chris Herring uh, from the Wall Street Journal at Herring WSJ. You lent us a bunch of time today, so thanks a lot. And uh, from what you were telling me before we went on the air, uh, or or at least went to tape this, that it was raining in Miami. So shame on Miami, but uh, at least it's warmer than it is here. <laughs>
2: Well, thank you for having me as always.
0: Take care. Take it easy. So our thanks again to Chris Herring for hopping on with us. Hopefully, Miami's a little more pleasant than New York. It has to be, right? Grammys last night, by the way. Didn't talk about that at the Open. What? A,
1: I'll tell you this. A boring Grammys by Grammy standards, no?
0: It was, a, it was maybe a C for me.
1: It was like a sleeper. You, Not that anything's wrong with, like, the Grammys. They were great, but, like, I expect the world from the Grammys. You have all the musical performances at your fingertips. And, you know, like Katy Perry, I guess, was just very blah for me. By the way, what a week for Katy Perry. You go from oh, the Super Bowl to the Grammys. Katy, Perry's, Katy Perry is fine. Yeah, she's a she's beautiful, and she's just really good she's at what she good. does. But, no, I really thought, I mean, opening with ACDC, you know, love ACDC, but that really didn't didn't do anything for I'm our generation. Kind of sleep. Kind of sleep. Didn't really do anything for our generation. Yeah. And then to have like you know like Ariana Grande, great performer, she's doing like a more of a soulful thing. They were very soulful last night, and that's just not what I'm looking for. You
0: know what? You know what I liked. I liked, uh, and this has turned into a Grammy pod, and that's totally fine with me. I kind of, I kind of liked, um, uh, well, the, the Chris Martin thing with um, I saw that. Yeah, it was good. Who he performed with? I forgot, but it was real. Oh. You know,
1: I'm going off track here because John, the me. John Mayer Ed Sheeran is yeah, yeah. really good. That's man. what I was going to, where John Mayer totally outshined him. Because nah, I don't think so. Ed Sheeran, it looks like a sweaty I pumpkin.
0: So. I don't think so. Ed Sheeran. Be- Beck performing Chris Martin. Ed, Ed Sheeran is, cool. is just he's Ed extremely Ed talented. Ed Sheeran is he, that dude. He's man. a sweaty pumpkin. No, nah, that's the. Th- but he's so talented. That's like he's not like a. He's, no, listen, he's, he's not John Mayer. It's like look at my face, look at my. But Buddy that's Holly why. Dress. That's
1: why John Mayer's the man because he's got that sweet suit, that sweet voice, and that okay, sweet but everyone hair. Everyone knows that he is a jerk. Uh, that's irrelevant <laughs> to me. I. It's like, <laughs> that's I, root for the, like I, I root for the so laundry. I root for the. I root for the songs. He did kill it on the guitar. And just Ed's like out there. Listen, Kanye too, though. Two performances from Kanye, we are truly blessed. Kanye, I mean, that song song about his um about his kid is just it's a great song. It's really really touching. Hopefully one day I can experience all that. Um, but then yeah, with Rihanna and uh, who was the last one? Who was the third in that performance? Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. That's a,
0: who was the third
1: in that <laughs> performance. Who was that? That was
0: good stuff. Who was too? that old guy? <laughs> really though, who was he? Dude, I said in, uh, on Twitter that his mic was turned down lower than Ray Feld's per. Like that's well, that had to be negative. So low, like, it was incredible. But, uh, no,
1: I mean, listen, I love the Grammys, but let's just say I hope the
0: Oscars aren't I, that. Like I that. agree with you that it was and I, a they, boring episode. You know what? I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna put a little bit on LL Cool J. I'm gonna put a little bit on LL Cool J. Uh,
1: speaking of LL Cool J, he
0: hosts every
1: award show yeah. ever. Like every one. That, that's the host. why I was
0: up. Uh, we we know your act. Spice it up a little bit. I, I don't know. PJ. I'm not a big
1: fan of LL Cool G. I don't really think he brings anything to the
0: table other than a cool name. My version My version of sipping tea is eating a piece of pirate's booty.
1: Nah you gotta sip tea. It's way wait <laughs> hey,
0: How better. do you do that on the radio though? You bring in tea and you sip it. Um also Dolan, on oh. a more much more serious note, he wishes to see us at the Grammys. Oh. Uh yo, it, we talked about it with, I talked about it, with Chris. I mean Look, what are you, you doing? have to you have to put some blame on, like not blame, but the fan was a little rude. Um, he's a fan tone, though, with backhanded comment. But okay, and that's the thing. And what else are you going to do uh, in terms of like how else he's supposed to reach out to James Dolan? I don't understand how he got his email, but um, you know, you can you can send him an email like that's okay. But you can't, you can't, you, you can't, you, you can't, can't you, you stoop to his level. But you can't if count you're count James. Dolan. Oh, uh, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Listen, and if you're James Dolan, first of all, the line about becoming a Nets fan was hilarious. Let's let's not make two bones about it. Funny is funny, no matter who it comes from, and that was funny. But what what are you doing if you're James Dolan? Because you know, if you say anything, anything controversial, it's gonna
0: get out there. Like you're Jim Dolan. What are you doing? Ken, like, this is just, this is like PR 101. It smells. And he didn't get in trouble for it. And you know what? He Uh, shouldn't. I don't think he should have. Do you? I don't think so. But, you know, if you look at a player, a player doing that, they're going to get in trouble. The thing is, and Chris again brought it up, hard to, when the owners are kind of your boss, it's kind of hard to disappoint. I was
1: just thinking that when I was reading, you know, Adam Silver telling Jim he's not going to get suspended. Like, yeah, like, you're, you telling your mom you're going to ground her or something. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> so, so Even done. though it works, it works. I mean, we know he can do that, but there would have been probably a lot of tiff between owners thinking that's a little much and, like, where's the line drawn? You don't want to start that gray area if you're Adam Silver. You just say, no, hey. absolutely not. You bring him aside and you say, listen, man, don't do that again. Like, you got to know where you're at. Not Especially when the All-Star game's coming to your home. Like, you need to be a face in this next week for this league. Yeah. You can't do that now. And he did, and he messed up big time. But he needs to be a face this week. It's a huge week for New York, giant week. And, and we're going to,
0: uh, well, a we're going to be covering at here a lot of, yeah, a a lot lot of everything, a lot of FuV at the All Star game. So FuV at ASG. That's right. We're gonna we'll have a pod. maybe maybe well yeah we'll have we'll have at least a pod before the all before the, festivities. the end of the week, and then we'll we'll have one recapping all the festivities. And I'm not sure depending on who we run into there, maybe we'll have. Maybe we'll have another pod. Maybe we'll have three pods this week. Bob pods. But, That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, we won't get too much into it, but I am very much looking forward to it. Uh, everything kind of starts on Thursday night. Um, goes in. What, 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 do you, what do you add? Rising Stars. You're at you Rising Stars the on world. Friday? Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm very
1: excited for the Rising Stars. I love to see all the young guys. To me, all these events are equally as fun. I I'll definitely agree with that, especially since... Obviously, you know, All-Star Game has all those names. Probably for entertainment purposes, dunk contest Saturday night is the most entertaining visually. And then Rising Stars is kind of like...
0: Well, you got Giannis. You know, these are the Ola guys. Like, these
1: are the guys that, like, if you want to sound smart when you talk about the NBA, you'll talk about these guys. Right. And you got Giannis, Oladipo, uh, pff, it, it never ends. in Right, is AD in it? Oh, no, it's just i nah. yeah, will be in there. Vucevic is in there. You know, like all these guys that are very important, a lot of guys that are very important to teams that you'll be watching in the playoffs will be there. And you know, we got homeboy uh, Mason Plumley. Um, Mason
0: Plumley is gonna be fun. Michael Carter Williams, um, Andrew Wiggins. There are gonna be a lot of talented players here. Gorgie oh you know, If you just look through these rosters. Bogdanovich, which is just like whatever. I think that's funny. they needed. They needed some other Europeans. Exum, Gobert, the Gobert poor, Miritich, Olenek, Schroeder, Schroeder, Wiggins, Adams, Atenta, Kumpo. I love this world team, and I like the world and versus I think USA gonna, format. I think they're going to just wipe this like just just wipe clean the floor up with the in team. I mean with the US. Look, I love Trey
1: Burke. I know you love Trey Burke. He's just not. Nah, no, nah. he's not at the level. I can't wait to watch. I mean, Zach. Exxon versus Burke. Exxon versus Burke will be fun. That'll be real funny. You got uh, Levine and Muhammad versus Wiggins. Yeah. That'll be cool. Old Depot and Peyton. A lot of magic contingent.
0: Yeah, a lot of magic. Um, well, I think that'll be fun. KCP,
1: reigning threes.
0: Anything else you wanted to bring up?
1: Before uh, before we get to our picks here, you no, know, I don't want to. Uh, you know, I'll wait because I want al- to I wanna talk. I want to talk All Star, and we're gonna do that later in
0: we're the. We're gonna week. have a, we're gonna have a complete All Star pot unless something huge happens, like Banya gets bought out, because that would be the biggest story in the NBA.
1: Yeah, no, I'm gonna wait till you know later in the week, a day that ends in Y to start <laughs> talking about the All Star game and how excited I am for all of it.
0: Yeah. N- nothing else you wanted to bring up? No other special players? Um, Gordon Hayward not making the All Star game still? Eh, no, Bo- oh, Boogie, Let's.
1: Boogie? Oh, Boogie. Just. What is he doing with that tweet, dude? Like, how are you going to stop God's plan? God's plan for him to hit a game winning shot that luckily got the most lucky role I've ever seen and went in? Yeah. And, and how about the other.
0: Dude, is it uh, God's
1: plan for the Kings to be in 15th in the West or whatever they are? You know, uh, that
0: really rubbed me the wrong way, and I like Boogie. I like him too, but, yeah, he's starting to rub people the wrong. I mean, and also, remember when he, the vine? Yeah. Uh, where he kind of let who someone cut to the rim and told them that he basically wasn't going to be running, and he was on the wrong side of the rim. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. The
1: vine where he, the Warriors player just comes in for the... uh yep, for the easy alley-oop slam off the inbound, and he just didn't even move. That's I, the thing that worries me, boogie-wise. Just that, just all of that.
0: Like you, but like he also, he's he had been like working his image up so well. Yeah, and then and then the last it's just and then he's been like and then also tweeting. Remember the the the, the, kid, the anniversary guy. of the yeah. guy who said that he
1: could have jail. That his was funny. Board. I was team boogie on that good. one. I, was, I felt I was, bad I was, I was for the the writer boogie. or random tweeter, but I felt really bad about that. But yeah, no, I, I boogie makes boogie makes himself hard to like, and I can't really
0: sympathize with that. Yeah, I don't know. It, it he he's he's kind of started to lose a little bit of those good graces. But Pop one thousand. Yeah. <laughs> wait. Wait. What? What did you say? Coach Pop one
1: thousand hashtag. He's about to win his thousandth game nine ninety nine. Oh, I didn't know that. That's Pop, pretty impressive. Pop one thousand. His next win will be his one thousandth victory as a head coach. That's a ton.
0: I don't know if I've ever done anything a thousand times except for maybe tweet. Oh, well, that, <laughs> that a
1: thousand times a thousand times
0: a thousand times over i've tweeted several thousand times but you know what time it is oh I, I can listen to this music a thousand times it is time for for picks here let's start with the warriors at the sixers at seven o'clock the warriors to cover have to win by at least 16 points
1: that's too many points kenny i think I, the Warriors are obviously elite, but I mean, the Knicks hung within 16 points of the Warriors. I think the 76ers will do the same. 76ers to cover, Warriors to win.
0: Give me the Warriors to cover that giant spread. Um, DC, 9.5 point favorites over the Magic of Orlando at 7 o'clock. DC
1: not playing In that Washington. well. Washington. DC not playing that well. They're going to get this win, but I think it's a little bit of a struggle. Again, Magic to cover, DC to win. Give me, Give me DC to cover. They have been playing pretty bad of late and I'm they're starting to get me nervous about their whole coming out of the east thing. I'm I'm staying strong on the boat cuz we still have 30 games to go or so, but I just know I'm nervous. I'm bailing water out know, of the
0: boat. I know I know. Even Mike Prada was like, "Whoa, whoa, come on, come well,
1: on." Well, He's he's biased cuz he, he he knows Warriors so I mean Wizards.
0: So he's a little John Wall going to have a big game. Orlando can't defend down low Gortat and or Nene, either one of those guys to go off. Spurs Pacers um, the pop one thousand pop one thousand uh, the line opened up at one ninety or, or, or it's uh, at it's that's... at one ninety one over under so like that you know that like there's they're not going to be that many points scored in this game um, the Spurs are five point favorites over the Pacers I think they win by more than five I think they can do too I think
1: Pop gets his thousandth win and I think the Spurs come back from a tough loss to Toronto Knicks Heat Miami
0: four point faves the Bargnani factor I'm going with the
1: uh, it's tough to go with the Knicks here. Go New York. Go New York. go. I them? got New York. Oh, They're playing God. well, and you know Hassan Whiteside is nice, but Bargnani's coming for him. <laughs> Barnyani's coming. The Knicks are going to win this one. Upset.
0: Uh, I'm going. With the, I'm going with the Heat. Oh uh, uh, boo! <laughs> the Hawks and Timberwolves, eight o'clock. Um, the Hawks here are going to give six and or sorry, get six and a half. No, you know, they're, give they're six getting. and a half. My bad. Yeah, I'm no. still getting. I'm still getting used to that. It's uh, okay. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, give me, look, no peck, no peck tonight. So Gorgy Jang's going to be thrust into the spotlight with Al, Big Al. Don't think so. Big Al is going to cook tonight. I think, Agreed. Um, I'll
1: go with the Hawks. I think people are kind of off the Hawks' radar since that streak ended, and I'm all. I'm staying on it. Hawks, big time winners tonight. Nets, Bucks in Milwaukee.
0: Milwaukee's a five-point favorite in this game. I'm going to go with the, with the Nets here. Even though they struggle to defend, I have a feeling that it's another one of those Brook Lopez nights. The Nets against former coach Jason Kidd.
1: I got the Bucks tonight. The Bucs are definitely better than the Nets. And I think at home,
0: they take care of business and cover this five-point spread. Jazz Pelley's in New Orleans. Um, they opened at five. In favor of the Pellies. These two teams Down need to, to trade. Down to three and a
1: half because no AD tonight. These teams need to trade names, first of all. It should be the New Orleans jazz from back in the day, but there are no Pellies in Utah. No Pellies in New Orleans either, are there? Uh, there could be some pelicans. We'll have to go investigate that. You see that scary cake the, yeah, the baby? The cake, cake, cake baby. baby? Yeah, obviously. Everyone's seen him. He they I've had cake baby cake. It is elite cake. Okay. <laughs> it is the, that, uh,
0: see, but that makes it forgivable. If you have a leak cake, you can have whatever mascot you want. That's the Tom want. Brady
1: of cake. Just go get yourself some. It's Real, amazing. Where can I? Where can I get it? New Orleans.
0: It? Tell everyone.
1: New, New Orleans. Orleans. It's a, I. have a friend here from New Orleans. He brought baby cake. Cake.
0: Oh, no! Come on. It was
1: unbelievable.
0: That but makes me. That makes me not hate that mascot. I'm <laughs> taking
1: the Pellies. The Pellies are much better than the jazz. But it's a creepy mascot. They have a meet and greet. Kids can
0: meet <laughs> and greet the baby. Kids <laughs> the can baby run tonight.
1: and cry from the baby cake. Give me the Pellies.
0: No, um, give do the Pellies, too. Clippers at Mavs. Ty- Tyreek Evans is going to go for possibly a triple-double there. Um, Clippers at Mavs. 830, game of the night to me. No Blake. Even though there's no Blake. Spencer Hawes. hit <laughs> a the other day. It <laughs> was crazy. Make it passes.
1: He had like 17 points in the first half. That was awesome. But the Mavs are going to win this one. The Clippers are a wounded animal right now. I hope they can stop the skid. But I got the Mavs in this one. All right.
0: I have... The Mavs are nine-point favorites. That's nine. Uh, that's too
1: much. I'm going to take Clippers to cover, but Mavs to win. Mavs are going to win this one. I think it's the Mavs to win. Yeah, I
0: think the Mavs will win I got the Clips to cover as well. Thunder at Nuggets. Last game. Thunder are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, I can't bet against Mitch McGarry. These are games
1: the Thunder need so, so bad, and I'm going to take them to win and cover in Denver.
0: I'm... S- I'm starting to think. Uh, I need to change Mitch. up. I need to change something up about these picks, though. I'm trying to figure out what it is. Uh, I don't know. No. no, I'll keep it the way it is. I'll keep it the way it is. And then I'll listen back to this in a few hours, and I'll be like, "Man, should it should have changed that Nets pick or something like that." No, no, no. It's th- yeah, you probably are wrong on the Nets tonight. I'm not gonna lie; they're
1: probably gonna lose. Sticking with them. You're lost. The Nets lost by maybe. I think it was thirty. 30- Four, 37 against the Wizards the other night. They are probably the most unpredictable team of who's showing up. Yeah. I mean, they beat the Knicks on a great shot by Jared Jack, and then they go down to Washington and play worse than any team may have played in this year. I got the Bucks. I got
0: Kid. Uh,. We did this I'm pick. Gonna, I don't know why we're doing it again. I know. I'm just trying. I'm gonna change into the bucks. That's why. That's what I'm doing. All I'm right, change it to the bucks. Put it down at home. Put it in your books. Kenny's got the bucks. That's right. Do we end on the? Do we end on this? Or we go back to Fallon. We end on this. We end on this. Okay. Any last words for the folks at home?
1: Listen to this music. Just enjoy it.
0: See you on Thursday. At Matt Rosenfeld with uh, the underscore, underscore in the middle. At Kenny Busey on Twitter at WFB Sports. Kev's out sick today, couldn't make it.